326 of Shape by the Word. Uh, David here with Matt. We're continuing on and we've been kind of looking at uh, Ezekiel 40 through 48, um, which again has a lot of temple language, a lot of sacrifice language, a lot of priest language and themes. And we get kind of the highlight here um, where, where the glory of the Lord returns to the temple. And when we saw at the beginning of Ezekiel in chapter 1, see it again kind of in chapter 3 where Ezekiel saw the glory of the Lord uh, at the Kabar River, but then quickly um, around chapter 8, we see the glory of the Lord leaving the temple, and we've been kind of caught in this this tough situation of, is the glory of the Lord going to return? Are the people going to get to experience the fulfillment of all the promises of all the covenants of old that have been leading up to this? And so there's this speculation, as God left his people? Has he forgotten them? Has he forsaken them? Because as we've seen, they've been untrue to the covenant. They've chased after idols there's been this spiritual idolatry where they've gone after other things other gods um, they've given their devotion away and we get to see here though for these for the people of israel caught in exile um, this again as we've been saying is a is a passage of hope where we'll get to see um, the, the glory return to the temple but as we've been saying, this isn't just so much the, the glory returning to the temple after the exile, but it's talking about this future hope, this future return. And, and in John's gospel, we get a little taste of what that looks like. You remember the opening of John? Um, in verse 14, there's this, this, this wonderful phrase where, where a lot of this sim- symbolism and, and words that we've been using come together when it talks about Christ. And it says in John 1.14 that the word became flesh, speaking of Jesus, and he made his dwelling or he tabernacled among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who became who came from the father full of grace and truth. And so these ideas of temple and, and glory, um, they find their ultimate fulfillment in Christ Jesus. And John's gospel gives us a little taste of that. And so... As we kind of finish out our week, we have today and tomorrow. Um, let's look at chapter 43 as we're reminded and see God's grace in, in the glory returning to the temple, but ultimately see how that finds its fulfillment in Christ Jesus. Father, as we turn to your word, um, may you help us see and behold wonderful things. May you renew us and restore us. Um, and help us to see your wonderful story of redemption and how your story, even though it's long and difficult and often very frustrating as we look at your people, when we look at them, we see us. But when we look to you, we see that you are gracious and kind and and slow to anger and full of compassion. So, Father, thank you for your heart towards us, especially as we see it in Christ Jesus. We pray this all in his name. Amen. Ezekiel 43. Ezekiel's vision continues. Then the, brand, then the man brought me to the gate facing east, and I saw the glory of God, of the God of Israel, coming from the east. His voice was like the roar of rushing waters, and the land was radiant with his glory. The vision I saw was like the vision I had seen when he came to destroy the city, and like the visions I had seen by the Kabar River, and I fell face down. The glory of the Lord entered the temple through the gate facing east, then the Spirit lifted me up brought me into the inner court, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. While the man was standing beside me, I heard someone speaking to me from inside the temple. He said, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place for the soles of my feet. 
This is where I will live among the Israelites forever. The people of Israel will never again defile my holy name, neither will neither they nor their kings by their prostitution and their funeral offerings for the kings at their death. When they place their threshold next to my threshold and their doorpost beside my doorposts, with only a wall between me and them, they defiled my holy name by their detestable practices. So I destroyed them in my anger. Now let them put away uh, from their prostitution and their funeral offerings for their kings, and I will live among them forever. Son of man, describe the temple to the people of Israel that they may not that they may be ashamed of their sins. Let them consider it perfection. And if they are ashamed of all they have done, make known to them the design of the temple, its arrangement, its exits and entrances, its whole design and its regulations and laws. Write them down before them so that they may be faithful to its design and follow all its regulations. This is the law of the temple. All the surrounding area on top of the mountain will be most holy. Such is the law of the temple. These are the measurements of the altar and long cubits, that cubit being a cubit and a handbreadth. Its gutter is a cubit deep and a cubit wide with a rim of one span around the edge. And this is the height of the altar. From the gutter to the, on the ground up to the lower edge that goes around the altar, is, it is two cubits high. And the ledge is a cubit wide. From this lower ledge to the upper ledge that goes around the altar, it is four cubits high. And that ledge is also a cubit wide. Above that, the altar hearth, it's four cubits high and four cubits and four horn project upward from the hearth. The altar hearth is square, 12 cubits long and 12 cubits wide. The upper ledge also is square, 14 cubits high and 14 cubits wide. All around the altar is a gutter of one cubit with a rim of half a cubit. The steps up to the altar faced east. East. Then he said to me, Son of man, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. These will be the regulations for sacrificing burnt offerings and splashing blood against the altar when it is built. You are to give a young bull as a sin offering to, to the Levitical priests of the family of Zadok, who come near to minister before me, declares the Sovereign Lord. You are to take some of its blood and put it on the four horns of the altar and some and on the four corners of the upper ledge and all around the rim and so purify the altar and make atonement for it. You are to take the bull for the sin offering and burn it in the design part of the temple area outside the sanctuary. On the second day, you're to offer a male goat without defect for a sin offering, and the altar is to be purified, and it was purified as it was purified with the bull. When you have finished purifying it, you're to offer a young bull and a ram from the flock, both without defect. You are to offer them before the Lord, and the priests are to sprinkle salt on them and sacrifice them as a burnt offering to the Lord. For seven days you are to provide a male goat daily for a sin offering, and you are to provide a young bull and a ram from the flock, both without defect. For seven days you are to make atonement for the altar and cleanse it, thus they will dedicate it. At the end of these days, for on the eighth day, the priests are to present your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings on the, altar, on the altar. Then I will accept you, declares the Sovereign Lord. So a lot in this chapter. Um, we get some really cool themes of just seeing the glory of the Lord returning. And we get to see how the, the people have 
this invitation again to be accepted by the Lord. And, but we see that that acceptance comes through a sacrifice. And so here it's a sacrifice of a bulls and, and goats, but that obviously points us to the much greater sacrifice to come in Christ Jesus, that how do we as the people of God find acceptance? It's not through the sacrifice of bulls and goats, but through the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf, the ultimate sin, guilt, and fellowship offering. So Matt, as you're uh, looking at Ezekiel 43, What's grabbing you, man? Yeah, I think in the context of Ezekiel, one of the things that's really fascinating is, you know, again, early on in the book of Ezekiel, we saw the glory of the Lord depart from the temple. And and one of the reasons, you know, we see that is uh, chapters 8 through 11, you just see so much idolatry and detestable practices, you know, defiling the temple. And I mean, Ezekiel can't believe it. The, the Lord is is you know, obviously he departs and so he casts judgment on his people. But but here when you see this this renewed temple, you see the glory of God return. Uh, verse 10, he tells Ezekiel, Son of man, describe the temple to, to the people of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their sins. Let them consider its perfection. You know, and, and so just that 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 restoration of the temple. And, and he says, there's no way, you know, that my temple will ever be defiled again by the detestable practices of my people. So what we saw at the beginning of Ezekiel that, that ultimately, you know, results in, in judgment and exile of God's people uh, in the end gets reversed. And God says, I will again dwell in my temple and never again will those detestable practices uh, take place. But instead, you know, we, we know, God will be the one who restores his people, you know, cleanses his people, renews his people. Their sins will be no more. And so just looking forward, I mean, if, again, if you're the people and, and you receive this vision, you know, uh, yeah, the ashamed of our sins, we repent, we return to the Lord as the one who, you know, ultimately cleanses us and, and makes us holy. And and just what a, what a great vision of the glory of the Lord returning to the temple again through the East Gate where the part where he you know, where he left. And, and you mm. mentioned this in the beginning, you know, just that, that question of, man, did we blow it? Did God forgive us? You know, did he forget us? Um, just being, receiving this vision and seeing, oh, God's, God's returned and his temple will never again be defiled. It's pretty remarkable. No, it's awesome. And it, it speaks to the ultimate coming of Christ as well. You know, when, when Ezekiel here sees the glory of the Lord and, um, he falls face down, right, in light of it. But then the spirit comes and lifts him up. And as you're talking about Matt, there, then there's later the, the conviction of sin and the restoration acts through the sacrifice. And so, you know, if this is the reaction of just the glory of the Lord returning to the temple, what is the reaction of the people, as we saw in John, when, when the word became flesh and made one among us, we've seen the glory, the glory of the one and only son. We speak of the glory of Christ. How could we not fall face down? have the spirit come and dwell us, lift us up as we repent of sins and, and turn to the Lord. And so there's so much symbolism here, um, but we know all of that is, is pointing us to Christ and helping us to see and behold Christ even more. And so deeply thankful for passages like Ezekiel 43 that not only show us the faithfulness of God, the love of God to come after a wayward people, but how it also shows us uh, the faithfulness and love of Christ to come. So Matt, as we close out, you mind praying for us? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this vision, a vision that encourages our hearts, that reminds us of a day that is coming um, and has come in in Christ Jesus. Uh, it's been inaugurated that this is the place of your throne uh, with your people, uh, the place of the soles of your feet. And, and so, Father, would we be um, 
Would we be people who delight in, in your rule and your reign as we continue to, to pray the prayer that uh, Jesus taught us to pray, that your kingdom would come, um, that your will, will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, Father. Uh, we long to see that come true, and, and we thank you for um, the reminder of, of your glory, uh, that it again will dwell with us. And, and um, Father, we will sin no more. We will be cleansed and renewed, never defiling your name again. Uh, Father, we long for that day. Thank you. Uh, give us eyes to see and ears to hear that we would be quick to respond, um, that we would worship you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.